Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast on a Thursday with the boy Daily Sports Dosage. We got our NBA playoff preview. We're going to dip into all eight of the playoff series at some point here in this hour-long podcast, but we do it with our own flair and flavor that you guys uh, hopefully will enjoy more than just a who's going to win this series in how many games kind of playoff preview. We laugh. We make jokes about Al Horford. We bounce around to talking about the Knicks and like spend 10 minutes diving into like the psychology of being the New York Knicks and always making money and Julius Randall and small market maxes. Anyways, we have a lot of fun here on the podcast. But before we get to that, we are coming to you live 15 minutes post Los Angeles Lakers and Golden State Warriors play-in game live right now. And oh my lord, what a game that was. I am going to be chasing this high probably for the rest of the playoffs because it's been so long since I've had playoff basketball and so long since we've had meaningful stakes in basketball games. The regular season is wholly irrelevant in the NBA But when we can get games like this that matter with stakes coming down to the wire and we can have LeBron James catching Wes Matthews passes and firing up 33-foot jumpers to win the game, the last bucket of the game with 50 seconds left to down Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, a game that the Warriors thoroughly dominated. Oh my God. Goodness, that was amazing. And I see on Twitter right now trending his Lakers in five against the Suns. I would just like to state for the record, the Lakers' biggest problem is that Wes Matthews is their best perimeter defender, and they have to take on CP3 and Devin Booker on the perimeter. So I don't think that's going to work out too hot for the Lakers defensively. They're going to have to win some shootouts instead of the game like this tonight where Steph Curry can go for 36 points, which is not a great game for Steph. Like if you were setting the over-under, I'm guessing Steph probably hit the under at 36 tonight, but... He hit a bunch of awesome shots to keep him in the game. And when he went off the court in the fourth quarter, in 90 seconds, the Lakers went on a 6-0 run. It was a two-point game, and then it was a four-point game 90 seconds later, and Steve Kerr had to go put Steph Curry back in the game. Although, I will admit, when they took him out in the second quarter, the Warriors outscored the Lakers. The Lakers were playing with LeBron and no AD, but they did outscore 
the Lakers when Juan T and Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole and number 15 on the Warriors, who I think his name, his last name starts with an M, but I've never heard of the guy before until this game start down in some three pointers. Don't forget about the Bays gaze. I almost forgot about the Bays gaze in there, or maybe I mentioned the Bays gaze. I don't know. Mark, Mike. Wow. Wow. Mike Breen Taco Bell. That's what I was going for. If you don't know what that means, check out the end of yesterday's podcast. Um, well, that that just lowered the mood a little bit, but I'm tired. You know, it's it's 10 o'clock on the West Coast. Usually go to sleep an hour ago, but you got to stay up for that epic game that you're going to be chasing that high for the rest of the playoffs. So an epic Lakers Warriors game. Uh, what a game. Just all I can say that was. That the play-in tournament was a, was a complete dud up to that point. Like I know Memphis and San Antonio was kind of close, but it just felt like it was like Memphis by five, then Memphis by seven, then Memphis by five, and Memphis by seven. They just kept trading baskets over and over. Like I know that game was kind of interesting, but still, it was way more interesting to have that Warriors Lakers game make up for all three of those terrible play in games before it. Oh my goodness. That it was so worth it. The, the, the wait was worth it. If I'm going to watch that wizard Celtics game and I want to watch some of that Spurs Grizzlies game, cause I'm going to be real. I didn't watch all the Spurs Grizzlies game. I caught the first quarter, some of the second quarter and the end of the game. But if I'm going to sit through those and get to that Lakers and Warriors game, worth it. 10 times out of 10, I'm trading it in for that epic duel. And I told y'all on Tuesday, don't take these games for granted because after this LeBron Steph game, we ain't guaranteed another one with the generational defining stars of the late 2010s because all of them are exiting their primes. Some of them are on teams like the Warriors that are going to struggle to make the playoffs. Some of them play in the East now like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden all teaming up on one team as the old heads who aren't really that old. They're just exiting their prime old, try and keep everything together and run for a championship. Nothing's guaranteed in this transition phase. And that Steph LeBron game was just an epic, epic way to cap that one off. So with that being said, let's roll in the rest of this podcast by bringing in our homie daily sports dosage. You can check out on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, find him anywhere and everywhere. And you probably follow some of his other accounts and you don't even know it because the man's got like half a million Instagram Twitter, Snapchat, and YouTube followers. So check out Daily Sports Dosage everywhere. And uh, let's bring him in for our playoff preview. No, it was, it was it. an ugly one. It was an <laughs> ugly one. We were previewing it, and I said, like, I feel good about Washington. I didn't realize Kemba was going to play. I thought Kemba was going to be out. And then I saw yeah. him in. I'm like, oh, that changes it. And then I saw on FanDuel, it was like, Washington has 81% of the bets. I'm like, ah, I think Boston's going to win this game now. <laughs> and once yeah. I see that Vegas, the house is putting heavy money on Boston, which well, scares me for tonight because it's heavy money on the Lakers. Like 68% of the money is on yeah, the Lakers. Uh, and, and if you really want me to give my gut feeling, I really think the Warriors are going to win. I just do. Well, I was saying this the whole time because we kind of knew for like two weeks it's going to be Lakers-Warriors in the play-in, or at least it was looking like there's yeah. a scenario where it's Lakers-Warriors in the play-in. And I said, dude, it's a one-game sample size with Steph Curry, and the one thing the Lakers don't have is someone who can guard Steph Curry on the perimeter. So yeah, all of a sudden, time. like one game doesn't necessarily mean anything. And – 
I don't think either LeBron or AD is playing it over 80% right now. So you know what's interesting? I would so I would agree with Anthony Davis, but I think LeBron's a lot more healthy than he's leading on. I think that he was just preparing for this for like weeks now. Like I'm not saying maybe 80% is a good number, but I think he's a, as healthy as he's going to be at this point of it, like in the season. Like I think I think he's going to be fine, but I can tell you this, in a one game series there's not a team I would rather see less than the Warriors because, like, if Steph Curry goes for, goes, he can go for fifty at any point. So it's like, yep. even even in the last game of the regular season, dude went for forty six. Like he took twenty two three pointers. It was not like this is the greatest. It's like Tatum yesterday. It's like, oh my god, Tatum scored fifty. Well, he took like thirty five shots in the game. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean, it, it was I mean, no like but, epic. But Tatum here's the thing: though, he can but, still score forty on a bad percentage, but still win. Like that's just exactly. how good Steph Curry is. And that's where Steph Curry's at, is that he can put up 46 and hit nine threes and we're all just odd. But that's just that they're running the Bel Air Academy offense through Steph Curry at that point. I've never seen the show, but I know that scene with the one where they like steal the ball and throw up the half court shot. Yeah, just run the ball, give the ball to Steph Curry and get the bleep out of the way. (laughs) I mean, that's that's going to be the offense tonight. And it's going to be like six on one, like it's been all season. And then, you know, then Andrew Wiggins might have 45 tonight. (laughs) It's just Uh, that would be that. Wouldn't that be funny if Wiggins just goes bonkers, by the way? So Steph Curry in their last few games of the season, he averaged like 40 minutes a game. In the eight minutes he was off, the Warriors were like minus eight per game when Steph Curry steps off the floor. Like, there's he might play the whole game tonight. Nice. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's so interesting. And like the thing that makes it tough is I like look at these series. I'm like, I don't know who's gonna play who in the West at this point. Like in the East, we kind of know whoever plays the Sixers is gonna get smacked. And now we know Celtics are playing the Nets in the first round. But I look gonna, at it, they're gonna get smacked. Yeah, probably. They could they could no. win a game. They could win a game. I, I really don't <laughs> think so, man. I just don't. Like I think we're just being hopeful. Like I really think that's gonna be a four. It might be like one of those like like I don't know if you remember when the Celtics had Isaiah Thomas like the first year and they played the Cavs and they got swept, but it was like a really competitive series. It was competitive until like game three where they were down like forty at halftime. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. And but like most of the games they were in it until like the fourth quarter, then the Cavs just roll away. I think it might be, like, one of those things. Like, the Celtics are still talented, but the Nets are a wagon. So, like, yeah. you're just not going to beat them. Like, people are not even giving credit that Joe Harris might be the best shooter in the league this year. So, like, yeah. like it's just – they and, and, like, Claxton's real. I mean, they have to – dude, like, obviously they have Harden, you know, KD, and Kyrie. And I know in the playoffs, uh, you know, the uh, – the bench shrinks it's significant by basically everyone just doesn't play. But <laughs> yeah, you got Joe Harris. He's going to be open a lot because you're going to. Oh my God, they, Joe Harris be- is the guy who just sits in the corner and shoots threes. But I, they're they're going to beat Boston. Like that's not a question. Like Boston yeah. is Boston even with Jalen Brown would have yeah, struggled. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, you take well, out Jalen Brown. This, even if shoot. if we if we had Jalen Brown, like Celtics should win like one or two games, but. I mean, this. I mean, if they win one game, they won the series in my mind. Like legit, it's crazy. It's just they just they have no chance. Yeah, you'll be happy with that one. And the Wizards kind of disappointed me. I, I mean, the Wizards Pacers is interesting at the very least. Like it's it's kind of it, both teams are kind of boring, but it's kind of interesting. I mean, the Wizards aren't boring. It's just 
the Wizards are not great, <laughs> and the Pacers. I can't are not lie great. to you though. I have a weird feeling because I mean, if the Wizards lose to the Pacers, oh my goodness, what a collapse! They should definitely beat them. But dude, I don't really feel good if you're the Sixers playing the Wizards. To be honest, guy, I mean, like you're gonna they're gonna beat them, like you you would think, but it's like. Like that's not an easy. It's not like one of those like easy wins. That's that was your point. We were talking off mm-hmm. the air, saying like how the the one versus the eight or two versus seven is not like these automatic wins, unless you're the Nets, because it doesn't matter who you're playing. But yeah, it's still especially not an this easy year, out. especially you know I mean? this year. Yes, yeah, because especially everything's so weird. Well, the West is just like chaos. Like the Lakers are the team we all think is going to win, and we're talking about them being the eight seed or having well, they, to play a winner go home game against like fucking John Morant. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that they I'm pretty sure that the Lakers are plus like 400 to win somehow and they're the 8th seed. It's like yeah, unbelievable. But like here's the thing, they should they're going to make the playoffs like all this, but it's like their road to the finals this year is a absolute gauntlet. It's going to be like the Warriors, you know, the Jazz or the or the um or the um the Suns and then the, the Clippers, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, so many teams they gotta run through. And poor Chris Paul, that's all I gotta say. Poor Chris Paul, dude. Well, let's talk about that. So we can operate. Let's we'll play this game, and I I obviously we can add this in post production later for people listening. We're recording this before the play in games on Wednesday in the West. So if we operate under the assumption, and I can edit later, if the Lakers beat the Warriors tonight and they go up against the Suns. This is Kyle from the future. So you probably just heard me, if you're listening to this podcast in order, talk about how the Los Angeles Lakers, we are assuming, beat the Phoenix Suns. And when I was editing this podcast, I left this little podcast of the from the future window open to talk just in case the Golden State Warriors won, which when I was editing this podcast at halftime of that game was starting to look like it was going to be a reality. And the Lakers end up coming out of it, but it was not easy for a moment. And by the way, Vegas may have lost on the Lakers money line, but against the spread, the Los Angeles Lakers did not cover. So Vegas can make out their money on that end while paying back all those people who bet the Los Angeles Lakers over the Golden State Warriors. So Vegas was a one for one. They they didn't win outright with their 71% odds on the Lakers, but they did win on that 66% of the money line people who took the Warriors at plus five or plus five and a half. Uh, or I'm sorry, they took the Lakers at minus five or the Lakers at minus five and a half, the Lakers at minus six, because they were confident at the very least it was going to be a shootout if the Warriors weren't going to win. And to be honest, it looked like the Warriors were probably going to win it. So we carve out the segment to say we kind of nailed it because the Lakers now play the Suns. Anyways, back to your regularly scheduled programming. It's always so hard to say that. Regularly scheduled programming. This has been Kyle from the future. Just the cliche, what does that series look like, Lakers and Suns? I, I can see the Lakers winning in five. I mean, I'm not even trying to be like, like, dude, that's, that sucks so bad for the Suns. It's horrible because yeah. you, you're going to play the Warriors or the Lakers in the first round. Are you kidding? 
Well, the Warriors one is interesting because I've kind of been mentally preparing for a Warriors Jazz series. And I see that. I'm like, you don't want to play that. Well, but here's the thing, though. Like, like, I'm not saying Chris Paul can guard um, Steph Curry, but that that matchup is much more intriguing to me than – I just don't see a situation where the Suns beat the beat the Lakers. I just can't see it. So like, that sucks for them. So I don't know five or six. Like, what do you think? Do you think that the Suns are going to beat the Lakers? I think that series would go six games, and I think the Lakers would win. Um, but I'm not. I mean, the Sun. The, Chris Paul is. We talked about this yesterday off air for people who are tuning in. Like, the Suns. Chris Paul had one of the best seasons of his career this year. There was a crazy stat that Chris Paul would have been a 50-40-90 player this year had he not chucked up half-court shots at the buzzer. If he had taken those shots off his list, he would have been a 50-40-90 player this year. Devin Booker is the best player on that team, even with Chris Paul going 50-40-90. The thing that people don't realize is that Devin Booker's numbers are down because the offense doesn't have to run through him like Steph Curry and the Warriors. Like, but they... he's also more. Yeah, he's been way more efficient. And and, and exactly. like exactly. Like I can't. I can't also tell you like I've watched a ton of Suns games like in the past, but this year I probably watched like ten maybe something like that. Devin Booker is a star now. Like if you if he was on the cusp for years, like he had all these. Like I trust me. Like I know he was good for years, but yeah. this year he solidified. He was able to not make these stats empty. They're much more efficient, and they're winning behind Devin Booker and Chris Paul, obviously. So I think bringing in Chris Paul was the best thing the uh, Suns ever did because whether he leaves or not, I truly think that now he really solidified a winning culture there. So I think that Devin Booker is able to be like a legit leader now. So it was a really interesting year for them for sure. Yeah, and Devin Booker was the guy who used to be like, oh, he's the fun sideshow, 70-point games, and he'll show highlights on SportsCenter. Now he's a two-time All-Star at 24. Yeah, in losses to the Celtics by double digits. But now he's a two-time All-Star at 24 years old. Yeah. Who, his prime's going to come earlier because of the wear and tear he has on his body. I think he started in the league at like 18 years old. So his prime's going to come earlier than most. Yeah, he's probably like almost like entering his prime. Like maybe not exactly, but in in that like ballpark. Yeah, but he's going to have more wear and tear because I'm pretty sure, like with LeBron, I think he was 18 when he first played in the NBA. He was the youngest yeah. person in his draft class, but he's I now he was 17 for some reason. And like, like I know, I know it wasn't that because you're not allowed to. Well, to well, I, well, I want to say that point. he like he might have just turned 18 or something. Some it was I, you know, yeah. When he when like, he got so when he got to Kentucky, he was like the, the first game of the regular season. He like just turned 18. So because yeah. I'm it looking was, it, it up now. I'm looking up now, his birthday's in October, so that would make sense. Like, he was 18 for, like, two games and then turned 19 in the NBA. I remember something weird like that. But Devin Booker is that great. And the other part that, like, is a very real thing, it doesn't always have to be a real thing, but name the playoff experience on the Phoenix Suns. Of (laughs) Of the core guys on the team, like... For most of these guys, like with the Hornets yesterday, name the playoff experience on the Charlotte Hornets. With Gordon Hayward out of the game, what was the playoff experience for the Charlotte Hornets who just got the uh, brakes beat off them by the Pacers? I think it's like, if I'm going back and thinking, I don't know if it's anything other than Scary Terry. Like, 
Other than yeah, because 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 like no like it's experience. funny. He's not there anymore, but like I instantly think of like Batum and stuff. But like it's still not like I just they yeah. they're young. They're young, really young. They have a lot of inexperience. But like I'm not. I'm also not surprised that the Hornets lost to the Pacers. I'm just not because like they didn't have the right players. You know, it just. The Hornets this year to me were like a fun sideshow, basically what the Suns were, right? They had like a ni- some nice games, some nice players, but like they have a good future where they can move players now for like legit stars. And they have a legit stud, obviously, in LaMelo, but they have other guys who really had career years. The problem I have with the Hornets is I'm not exactly sure if you're going to be able to rely on, you know, Scary Terry and, you know, uh, all these other guys that had career years to, to keep that up. It's just, it's, it's just a, it's just, what you're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out, but with the Suns, they do have a little more play of experience, you know. With like they've got Chris, so here's the answer to that of their core eight players, it's Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and one series of Frank Kaminsky. That's their yeah, playoff. I mean, well, experience. Jay Crowder has got like real veteran stuff to him now, like he really has been around and he's seen a lot, but, like, but it's Jay Crowder. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 I agree with you. No, no, I agree. No, no, he's not like a he's not like you know, like, like want even one he's not Andre Iguodala you know what I mean but I mean he, he was better than it. yeah he, he was better than Iguodala last year on those heat teams but yes yeah. you you are correct he plays that Iguodala role where he's just he's been around the block before but to the point it's just it's it's a lot of Devin Booker Michael Bridges DeAndre Ayton those are kind of the core guys and yep. there's a real thing to it like remember when the Nuggets first made that playoff run and when the Bucks first made their playoff run like there's something to the idea that you've never been there before and therefore it's like a different game. And I don't understand why that happens, but it does because you shorten the 82 to like seven game series or one game series. Defense has played harder. You know, they have a, you know, like, like you said, you're, you're seeing the same team seven games. So Mm -hmm. like they know what you do. At that, you know what I mean? Like by like game four, three or four, they're like, okay, I know Kemba Walker does this more than X. It's just an interesting thing, but I really think that like it's that clutch thing that you and I talked about in the past, where it's not even about being clutch. It's literally just like playing the normal way you play. Like say that like you know you sh- you shoot fifty percent from the field in the regular season, and you keep up that same consistency, you're gonna be fine. But it's like the people choke and they get like nervous and they tense up and they squeeze the ball too much or whatever the cliche saying is and that's mm-hmm. what happens they just get a little nervous or like with the clippers last year where everyone's looking around like all right who who's got this anyone got this uh, yeah and what a collapse you well you you brought up a point there that i was going to go to next with that nuggets blazers series where it's like the spurs kind are of, not the spurs the, the i was thinking of the spurs nuggets series from a couple of years ago that went seven yeah, yeah. games um, the, the Suns really could have used like a Blazers to like kind of eat their way into the playoffs. Yeah, like they exactly. just kind of, they're a second round exit team that just happened to face the Lakers in the first round. And it's the Nuggets like, one the, is interesting that like, way. Say, sorry to cut you off, but like, say you're the Suns, right? And you play the Blazers first round and then you play the Warriors second round. That's a much easier like sell on the franchise because if you lose the second round you're like oh we lost to the Warriors you know we we did that you know like but they could still Mm -hmm. beat the Warriors like but they're probably not the favorite obviously but playing the Warriors and the Lakers in the first round or either or is just such a bad draw 
because I disagree with you on that one. I think if the Suns played the Warriors, I think they would win in seven games. I think the no, Suns no, would no, beat the Warriors. No, no, there. I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying in general, it's, it's just a tough first round. That's what I'm, what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah, it's a second round playoff game where you're like series rather. It's like, oh, this is a really good second round series. The fact that that's in the first round is just a bad draw for the like, like, like bad hands for the Suns because they. You know, they, they, they played their ass off all year to get the number one seed, but then it just doesn't really matter because you're playing against the Lakers or the War, which is it's so brutal. It just is. Yeah. In an idealized world for the Suns, they would have played the Mavericks in the first round. They would have been rewarded with the two seed by playing the Mavericks in the first round and won in five or six games. Which is still a tough series, you know. It's just like you said, it's like it's not – nothing's easy in the West. Like, if you win a championship going through the West this year, like, you played some good teams, so I'm not really – Whoever wins, there's no more Mickey Mouse arguments. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's yeah. a really this, – this, this is a tough championship this year. I'm, a, I'm really interested to see who comes out because I wouldn't be surprised if it – like, I would be surprised if it's the, the Jazz or the Suns, but I wouldn't be because there's so many good teams. It's just so – I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, without the Lakers, you look around and you're like, well, really, anyone can win it. Like, even – even like the Clippers who end up being the four seed and we thought it was going to be Clippers Blazers and now it's Nuggets Blazers and the the Nuggets to the point you were talking about before I was going to say like the Nuggets can change their game plan in the playoffs because they don't need triple double Jokic distributor guy it's great to have them but they can also have Jokic who takes over in the fourth quarter and Jokic yeah. who is 50 point triple double guy like they can have yeah. that guy break out but they don't use him during the regular season they find we finally got to see some of it this season but i remember last year in game two they just don't where, need it they just don't need it they have other other but now they do obviously with and Jamal it's not Murray yeah and it's not sustainable over 82 games it's not sustainable it's yeah. like james harden's play where he'd always burn out in the playoffs like it's yeah, just 100%. not sustainable to do that over 82 games and Just clear ISO and let Jokic work on some dudes and hit those like Dirk driveway faders and beat some teams. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you can change the game, especially against the Blazers, who are like worse than some of these tanking teams defensively. Like, they're worse than the Cavs in defensive rating. They're super rating. small, dude. They just don't like. It's just they have like, bro. The Blazers are like in. You want to talk about purgatory? That I don't even know what the what that team is. Like, they're I don't a team even know. that that was great but still has one of the 10 best players in the sport. So they're automatically going to make the playoffs every year. It's just such a tough place to be. Cause it's like, you have the superstar, but you just, I, it's I the know. exact same team. It's the, it's him, CJ, Dame, CJ and Terry Stotts have now been together nine seasons. And the Damian Lillard buzzer beater over Dwight Howard and the Rockets was eight, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. That was his, I think that was his rookie season. Wasn't it? I don't think I think it was their first playoff run, but I think oh. it was CJ's rookie season and his second year, third year, yeah, one well, of the two. Well, yeah, but then when he hit the game winner over Paul George, it was so dope. That was yeah, like, he, and then they made he's, the conference. He, he's finals. an assassin. He's an assassin, bro. He just is. But like, like and then won he, like, bubble like, MVP last year. Like, dude no, was insane. Last. That should be on his resume, by the way. Bubble MVP should be something that we put on Dame's resume. <laughs> yeah, but everyone everyone makes a big deal. I mean, I I just like like see that like. Being in the Western Conference, like like if you look at those Rockets teams with James Harden and you know Chris Paul, those teams should have won. But yes. that's what happens when you run into great teams like the Warriors. Like people don't realize that I feel like when you are on a great dynasty run, you should get credit for literally dismantling teams. Like it's crazy how that works. It's like mm-hmm. you 
they were they were put together too early almost. You yeah, know what I mean? it's just, but it's like, like what are you what are you not going to go for it? Yeah, and, and well, the Blazers aren't going to go for it. They're just going to be content to roll out with the same squad. And CJ's knees are starting to evaporate, and his ankle injuries are going to like push them to the point where they're going to trade him. But I've been I've been saying that point for years. I said 2019. Trade the house and get Anthony Davis. Go for it for the next two years. Then I said, trade the house and get James Harden. Just go for it this year and see if you can do something with it. Because you're kind of the same team. And like we said, they're, they're not good enough right now to beat even the Nuggets without Jokic. I think that series might be kind of long. Like, they can win a couple games at home. But I, I don't think they're good enough as things presently stand to beat Jokic. Yeah, I mean, in, in like... And Michael Porter Jr. is starting to do come, you know, like they, they yeah, he's players. he's become Jamal Murray. Michael Porter's become Jamal Murray like, all of like, a sudden. Like it's almost like they it's all so obviously trading for Aaron Gordon ended up working out for them. Like he actually was kind of trashed when he was on the team, just like statistically, but it just mm-hmm. was a weird fit. But like by Jamal Murray getting injured, it gave Michael Porter like much more like ball dominance. So now they don't even need Aaron Gordon. Because once Jamal Murray comes back, that's their big three. Like a true yeah. big three. You know what I mean? So it's going to be yeah. an interesting thing. Like, how does Aaron Gordon fit in there? Yeah, Aaron Gordon's just kind of there to grab rebounds and play defense. That's kind of what his thing is. Just hang out. But they gave up, like, they gave up RJ Hampton for him. Like, they're going to they're gonna yeah. be all right with that. But I had said going into last year, and I wish they would have done it. Because I had done this with your Celtics, too. Like, imagine if the Celtics pull up next year with, like, Patrick Beverly. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Stephen Adams, and then you have Marcus Smart, Nevin Fournier, and all those guys off the bench, Aaron Neesmith. But I'd said this with the Nuggets. Like, imagine if they pulled up this year with Jokic, Murray, Bradley Beal, Aaron Gordon, and, like, P.J. Dozier, which is now Austin Rivers because they signed him to, like, a one-year deal. But yeah. imagine if that team had pulled up to the playoffs this year, if they had, like, gone all in and traded Beal for Porter Jr. and draft picks, and then – yeah, we'll, we'll see. See, see, that's the interesting thing is, like, if you want to get a good player, you're going to have to trade. People people play this, like, trading game a lot, but, like, people don't realize teams aren't that stupid. Sometimes it happens, but they you're going to have to give up someone like Michael Porter Jr. to get Bradley Beal. You know what yeah, I mean? It's not just the people like, are, like, yelling at the Lakers for giving up Brandon Ingram and keeping Kuzma. It's like they wouldn't have done the trade for Kuzma. They recognize yeah, like, Brandon yeah, Ingram. Yeah, awesome. yeah, because people, cause people are you – know, people are dumb, dude. People there was a, There was a time where people thought that – Kyle Kuzma was better than Jason Tatum. That's, but that's not a league. That's not like a like a GM thing. That's like stupid fans. No yeah. one GMs never thought that Kyle Kuzma was even in the Brandon Ingram conversation. It was just a you know a fun little side note. Like obviously they didn't. Tr- if if they were able to get you know if let's put it this way if the Lakers were able to trade Kyle Kuzma instead of Brandon Ingram they would have done it. <laughs> let's just put yeah. it that way. Yeah, exactly. It's that scenario playing itself out over and over again where, you know, Tyler Hero's not in the deal. Okay, see you later. Um, Toronto wants Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry. All right, peace out. We'll figure something else out. Like, it plays itself out where people recognize they're not going to get swindled on these massive trades, unless you're kind of dumb like the Rockets. But even they got, like, eight draft picks for James Harden. Like, you're not going to get swindled on a lot of these trades. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and then at the end of the day too, like, like the fact that like, so like, and, and I'm also not trying to like, you know, I always bring up the Celtics, but it's just, it's just always an easy thing to say, like trading Jalen Brown 
for James Harden is much harder than trading Tyler Hero for James Harden. So, like, I don't know the I don't even if that's a true statement that the Heat didn't want to give up my um James uh, Tyler Hero. That was like actually what it was. They're idiots, dude. You, do you think he's gonna be a top five player in the NBA? You brought up Let's the exact get... point I was going to say. Do you think Tyler Hero will ever be as good as James Harden is? No. If the answer is no, then we can have some Jack Harlow, Travis Scott collabs out in Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like seriously. And then James, and then also with James Harden, I mean, with uh, Ty- um, Jalen Brown, the answer is no. He's not a top five player. But can he be a top twenty player? Yeah, that's possible. But Tyler Hero is not even that guy. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I don't get it. Like, I yeah. just don't get it. Well, also, they kind of got Chris Levert, to be fair, and then they traded him for Oladipo, which, oof, on their part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they did not acknowledge their timelines very well on that. We, well, we mentioned that part before. Um, Hawks, Hawks, I mean, Hawks Knicks, I was thinking it was going to be Hawks. So the joke I was making about Hawks Bucks for weeks is like, Hawks Bucks is the second TV game. It's like you want to watch the series. It's kind of interesting but it goes on the second TV. I think Hawks and Knicks is kind of the second TV series now where it's like, it's interesting, but also there's this playoff hockey game going on, or there's also this Clippers Mavericks series at the same time. I'm also really happy that you, that you brought that up because like we talked about this off air as well, that dude playoff hockey first round of the playoff hockey is as good as, the final, like the NBA finals. It's like what they, it's what hockey does. It's just the best what they do. So like, I would rather watch the Bruins versus Capitals than, than watch even the Clippers Mavericks. Like, honestly, I just, it just like this, it is a good series in, in general. So like, we're kind of fortunate right now. We get a lot of good stuff watching. Yeah. And I hadn't been watching basketball cause there weren't stakes on it. And then I looked up and the Knicks and Hawks were playing in the first round. And I, I well, first of all, I saw heat bucks. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> cause my prediction for that series is uh bucks in four and the bucks win every game by 27 points <laughs> because there is some revenge that is going on. I, in that I, series. <laughs> I, I mean, you are so on the same boat. I think that the Bucks, if they lose a game, they lost the series. Like, like they, they shouldn't even lose a game. There's no way. Dude, Giannis is going to draw 50-point triple-doubles. <laughs> yes, gonna... but Jimmy Butler can also go for 45. Like, Jimmy Butler Fair. is that Fair, dude. But the, but the Bucks are much better than the than the Heat. They just are. Even, yes. even with, like, with the addition of Drew Holiday, like, they're way better. Like, the Miami Heat fans also make it sound like that, like, you know, Goran Dragic is going to do what he did last year. Like, Drogic was unconscious last year. There's no way that happens again. So, yeah. I don't know. I just see them getting swept. I hope they do. I really do. Because Miami Heat fans are painful. Yeah, Heat Twitter and Celtics Twitter and 76ers Twitter are all after each other all the time. And I love yeah, it. Celtics but... Twitter is horrible, too, though. No, it is. And then I hate Sixers Twitter, too. I actually hate NBA Twitter, to be honest. Yeah, that, I was listening to Bomani Jones. He had a great point about this. Anyone who is part of blank Twitter is a dork. Just no matter yeah, what no, the I blank agree. is, you are a dork if you're part of blank Twitter. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's true. Like, like, like I, I'm a like so like I participate in NBA Twitter, but it's not like I'm like, you know, through and through Celtics. Like, yeah, I just it's not the that. it's not the weird Celtics fans trying to fire Brad Stevens at the end of the season. Yeah, or or the Celtics fans that want to make Brad Stevens a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. weird, bro. There's weird people out there, dude. What is wrong with you? Stop. <laughs> oh. that uh 
it's it's so strange but the thing about the, like the the difference between the east and the west that i'm kind of realizing as we talk about it the east minus the heat buck series which is just going to be epic but again heat were supposed to be in the four or five series and play the sixers in the second round but he apart from that series the east doesn't matter until we get to the second round because we know who the four good teams are in the east and only yeah. one of them are playing in the second round or in the first round because yeah. it's heat bucks but well i mean the, shout another out to, thing too is another thing too is that if, like they're not going to beat the bucks but say they did they beat the bucks they get to play the Sixers, which is also another really interesting series. Oh, they hate each other. Yo, that's yeah. one of the like best non-traditional rivalries emerging right now because the Sixers and the Heat hate each other, and we were and, like, and Jimmy Butler just like I, I love Jimmy Butler, so that's why I'm like so offended that he's on the Heat because I hate the Heat, I really do. So, but like I love Jimmy Butler, and you just it's so hard not to like him. But it's like the Heat fans literally treat like I don't know. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, you know I get that. I I get the part of it with the Heat, but the thing that made the Heat run last year so improbable, and the Heat fans are like, we did it last year. Why can't we do it again? Tyler Hero, thirty-eight and ten, game four against the Celtics. Bam Adebayo, thirty-point triple double, game six, close out the series. Jimmy Butler, game five, forty-five points, literally like leaning over yeah. in one of the greatest performances I've ever seen, non-LeBron category. Like, yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah, it was. It, it they was don't have that. Bonkers. They they don't and, have and that. They, and then they got like, and then, and then like you know playing the box, they get Giannis injured. Like, dude, I, and I'm not trying to say that it, it was so improbable that like you got to tip your cap to it. It's the same thing with like the. You know, the, the Raptors, when they yeah. won this championship, like so many things had to happen for them to win. Yes. And people forget because of the Giannis injury after that, the foul in game two as time expired, as the clock ran out, they fell. Oh, yeah. We had the weird situation where Jimmy Butler was literally shooting free throws with no time on the clock to seal the game. Wait, didn't they? No, but wasn't it like a, wasn't it like one of those, like, I'm, 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 I think I'm, I'm not sure I'm remembering, but I think. The Bucks got a, a Chris. I think it was Chris Middleton got a foul, and then like two seconds later, Jimmy Butler took the foul to win the game. Right? Yeah. They that Jimmy Butler had to shoot free throws with everyone yeah, had to stand wow. back because there was no time on the clock. I'd never seen it before. No time on the clock, and he just had to shoot free throws with nobody around him because it was like a technical shot, and he hit it. And then the game, it's two zero series, and we're like, oh shit! I think Miami might actually win that series. And then Giannis got hurt, and I never got to – my Bucks in seven was immediately dead. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, listen, man, I, I, me and you were the same breath. If Giannis doesn't get injured, they could still win three down. I really I really felt like that. But it just – the Giannis wall was in effect. You know, Bam had his career – like, listen, I, you tip your cap to him, you do. But, like, are they better than the Bucks? No. Were they better than the Celtics? No. You get Tyler Hero dropping 50 or 38 points. Like, come on. It's not happening. It's just not happening. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it might happen a couple times. To be fair, Jimmy Butler is that good and that much in no, his yeah, prime. It could happen Hero, a couple times. Is Tyler Hero dropping 40 points? It's just I don't think it's going to happen. But it, remind, Butler, it reminds me of the Heat-Lakers final series from last year, before all the injuries. Like It reminds me of that last year where, yes, Bam can still technically guard Giannis, but Giannis is technically shooting more volume threes because they're letting him shoot them. And I think that they, I, I think they're genuinely a better team. I know the record doesn't suggest it, but the Bucks, 
all the elements are there from last year, except Miami generating enough offense to beat the Bucks, even with slowing slowing well, Giannis and they, down. And they had a, got a they got a significant upgrade in Drew, Drew Holiday. Like people, like he is so underrated. It hurts. And he, the my favorite, the the most perfect move of the trade deadline. It's harder to be more perfect than Aaron Gordon uh, Nuggets, but PJ Tucker, yeah, PJ yeah. Tucker on the box. PJ Tucker. Is the is J is the Jay Crowder thing you and I were talking about? But even it's just he's perfect. Are you what, kidding me? Just, just the dude who can sit in the corner and shoot threes when Giannis and drives <laughs> and play defense. It's amazing. He's amazing. He's perfect for them. Perfect. Yes. And then weird ass Brook Lopez is still there. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wet. He just he just dropped. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Brook Lopez. That thing about Lopez too is that he just revitalized his entire career. Like he was literally like, like. Like out of the league when he's on the Lakers <laughs> or whatever, and then he goes to the box and he's like drop and he shoots like a fifty percent three pointers. Like, wait, where do you? It's just, but he's, I don't know, just he he changed his game, you know. Speaking of out of the league, I just found out last night. Robin Lopez is a wizard. <laughs> Did not know that until I watched oh, that playing game last night. That's hilarious. I knew that. That's funny. I guess Robin Lopez is a year. wizard. <laughs> yeah, he was on, he the, was on box, the box, but he never played. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, but he he started shooting threes too. I was like, "What the hell is happening here?" I mean, like we're going down the list in the East. Like the the East doesn't get exciting until the second round, except Heat Bucks. Like Heat Bucks is must watch each of those games. Yeah, but you've got, you know, like Sixers in five, but Nets in five, Bucks in four, but really like Bucks in five or six. And yeah. then I I am for I guess going back to the very beginning of the pandemic, one of the first long form podcasts we did after the pandemic is I'm buying the first train ticket and riding all the way with Warriors South. So I'm on the <laughs> Trey Young train. I, I am rolling with Warriors South and the Hawks. So that that series again, it's a second TV series. It's like it's it's oh, interesting, yeah, yeah, no, but we're putting I, it on I, the I second think TV. The, yeah, the Hawks should the Hawks should win that, I think. I don't know. That one that one I think is kind of a toss up. I think that one will be up. like I agree. That one, I just don't know enough about either team. Like I don't know enough about the Knicks who obviously they've like their play we want to talk about playoff experience. The Knicks playoff experience right now is like Derrick Rose and like Wayne Ellington. And yeah. the Hawks are I just don't know enough about the Hawks cuz they're such a weird they're just a weird mix of players at this point. Yeah, well, with... I, well, I can tell you, talent wise, the Hawks have much better players, like like all like like through and through. Like like because yeah. it's funny too, because like obviously you know, um, Randall's having a great year, like for sure. But like, I would probably still take Trey Young over him. You know what I mean? So it's no, like, yeah, for it, sure, for and, sure. And then and then and then you go down the lineup. There's other players like like R, like RJ had a really good year as well. But like. Bogdanovich has been really good. You know, they, they it just they, they have a lot of sneaky good players yeah. and like Gallinari so, and Capella and yeah, Gallinari is su- oh Capella. You want to talk about the most unsung hero? He's av- he's averaging like fourteen boards a game. Yeah, that dude's like the modern DeAndre Jordan now. Like he he's the modern evolution of DeAndre Jordan. He's been awesome. I think he's averaging like like one of the best. I think he's averaging one of the best like statistical years for a center like ever. Like since like I dude, I, I, I saw something crazy like that on and I was like, Oh my god. I've watched the you know, the the Hawks play like a decent amount. Like once again, mm-hmm. I don't they're not my favorite teams, I don't watch them all the time. But they're a good team. They just once uh their coach got fired, uh Pierce and they brought in um the assistant coach was uh Nate McMillan. Yeah, Nate yeah, McMillan. The Pacers guy. It was a perfect 
It just was perfect. It was like just slid right in yeah. there, and they went on like a. 21. I think that I think they're like twenty-seven and ten after he got yeah. hired. I saw that the other day. Like they were like twenty-seven and ten after they yeah, hired. Yeah, I think they want they want like something like uh, you know, like eight and zero or something to start, and then they kind of and like it went from earth, it but... went from the boy Schlentak, the GM, like he's the first guy in line to get fired to executive of the year in like thirty games. Like it was so funny. Yeah. Like a, like a yeah. Billy Bean moment where everyone's calling for him to get fired and now he might win executive of the year. <laughs> Legit. Yeah, so that the, the Hawks are weird. I guess the Hawks are te- I guess I'd favor them a little bit, but respect yeah, no, respect it, to both teams. Like they're kind of yeah, they're kind of the same team, right? They both yeah. should have been first round exits and both of them are going to like they're going to make it to the second round. They're going to get smacked by Joel Embiid. And they're like, "We're good. <laughs> we made it to the second round." We have no business being here. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. So, like, I would like to see the Knicks win to play the Nets or because, like, I, I just or, or the um, sorry, the Sixers. Uh, yeah, I, just, I was about like, to say they'd have to beat the Sixers. Very bold yeah, of yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, 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 no. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, I just think that, I just think that the Knicks are an interesting story. I just do. I just think they're interesting. Yeah. And New York is they're competent that's the big thing with them they're competent and they have two stars but we also talked about this off air with the hawks too i don't know what the knicks numbers are but the hawks they had like 10 guys averaging 10 or more points a game this year they're like, they're arguably the deepest team in the nba like I, I i think we talked about this off air as well but i looked into it i would say that they're like a top three or four most deep team in the nba like i that it, you know you look at the jazz you look at the the nuggets are really deep on um, the mm-hmm. suns but the Hawks are in there, man. They they have yes. a deep team. No, when Lloyd Pierce was the coach, we didn't even mention DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter was averaging the same number of points as RJ Barrett, like through yeah. forty games. This yeah, he's season. been awesome. And then you know, and then Lou Williams too. Like they have, like, yeah, players, man. They, have they got players. lemon pepper. Oh, I forgot oh, they have lemon pepper Lou. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that's their that's their playoff um experience right there. They had Rondo too. Yeah, Rondo. I know he's on the Clippers. I get. Well, that's the trade Rondo for yeah. Lou Will. I forgot about that. Yeah. So they got they got Lou Will in there. They got who else are we forgetting in there? Uh, I guess I guess they got Chris Dunn technically, but he's not that good. But yeah, he's just yeah, he's like a nobody. The, the Hawks but, are deep. The Hawks are really deep. No, they are, oh John Collins too. We didn't even talk about him. Like, dude, they're yeah. good, man. They're good, like really good. But they're just like they're also like that team where like okay, let's put it this way: say that you have that exact team and you switch Jason Tatum for. Trey Young, you're actually you got something there where you're like this team is good, man. They're really good. But the thing is, is that I just don't know. They don't have that superstar thing. You know what I'm saying? Like they they're good, but not great. I'll do you one better. How about you swap Luka Doncic instead of Yo, Trey yeah, Young yeah. and Cam so, Reddish? So you know what's funny? I said Jason Tatum. I meant I, I was thinking because dude, Luka's there. They're probably a three seed. Might, might even be a favorite. They with Luca's there, you've got at least a better shot at winning two games against the 76ers. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so if Luke is there, the Sixers don't want to play them. I'm Sixers still win for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, but like that's a good team, man. That's a really good team. I just don't know about Trey Young. I just I like him. I just I'm just not sold on him. But like, imagine being a Sixers, I mean, imagine being a uh a um sorry a Hawks fan and with Luca there like you're just better off you just are yeah it's a second TV game we can analyze it in depth it's a second TV game because yeah 
it, it's interesting. There's so many interesting things here. And both teams are like in that first round exit category and they've like separated themselves from the pack of mediocrity with like the, the bulls and the pacers and the Hornets. Oh, yeah. They separated from the pack of mediocre teams. And now one of yep. them is going to get to make a second round series. And that's going to be a, a huge success for either of those teams. If you said at the start of the year, you're going to win a playoff series, like both of them would, uh, they'd tell you, you'd be lying. You'd be lying if they won a playoff If I'm being series. honest with you, I think if they said that if they were going to make the playoffs, that was a success. The fact that you even got a chance to win a series is unbelievable. Yeah, the I fact that you the, get to – getting the right to be smacked by Brooklyn in five games would have been a success for both those teams. I agree. I also think that um, – I think the Hawks had obviously much more expectations than the Knicks just because of, like, all their acquisitions on the offseason. But I, I – Dude, the fact that the Knicks are even like sniffing a playoff series win is is just is actually asinine to me. It's like, wow, that's just great matchups. It's just I'm 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 happy for him, but it's also one of those things where like Knicks Twitter is also insufferable. So it's like, I'm trying to find my find my ground here. So we like, want that we want the Knicks to be good only so they can have their heart broken, right? That's kind of where the rest <laughs> yeah. of the league is at. We want to build them up just to break them down again. That's kind of like, instead of being mediocre, because at a certain point, you just feel sorry for the Knicks fans. Oh, yeah. After after my entire lifetime, you just feel sorry for Knicks fans when it's like, oh, this is all you've known. For people my age, if you're a Knicks fan, I don't know any Knicks fans either, but I'm like, I do. this is I, all I, you I know. I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them in there. But that's the, love- you brought up the point. Why would there be Knicks fans on the West Coast who yeah. are 20, 21, 22? Like, there's yeah. no reason to ever. But listen, the man, it's, it's <laughs> the thing about the Knicks fans that I respect the hell out of. They're so damn loyal and their team sucks 90% of the time. So it's like, bro, how do you not appreciate that? You know what I mean? It's like, but then at the end of the day, they're insufferable. But dude, like, there's, there's no bandwagon piece of it. But what does bother me, though? is when they do the whole, like, you know, we're the real king of, king of New York. Well, you're not going to be the king of New York this year after the Nets win the, win the whole thing. So that's going to be a big blow for them. I don't know. I, don't th- I think New York was just generally irrelevant when it comes to basketball. But, yeah, now Brooklyn's got – Brooklyn turned that ship around real quick by getting KD and Kyrie, and they're kind of like the old dudes now. Like, they're, they're kind of the old heads. Brooklyn's like, we are, we are the blast of the past. We are Kyrie – who kind of, we kind of forgot about him during those Celtics years. And last year they were all hurt. And then KD yep. tore his Achilles and James Harden is, we kind of forget he's there at times. Like the Brooklyn is a blast from the past. And the Knicks are like, Hey, we're a competent organization now. Sure. We don't have enough stars to actually compete for anything, but at least we're not terrible anymore. Could always be worse. Yeah. Well, and the Knicks are also going to definitely get someone good to go there though. For sure. The now, now that they have, I mean, I don't know what good means. but Yeah, I was about get, to like, say, I just don't know who's available. I don't know yeah, who's like, available I think, there. I think in 2022, it's a crazy free agency. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like KD, Kyrie, you know, even, I'm pretty sure even James Harden. But I mean, I don't know if they're going to resign, but the whole point, uh, Kawhi yeah. Leonard, like there's all these players that are available, whether I would Giannis say for would, trade. Giannis is yeah. available for trade. Yeah, like. <laughs> They're gonna have to pay Julius Randle a max now, which is just you brought you brought that up. He's a he's a free agent this offseason because he only signed a two year contract back in 2019. So they got to pay him right now. He's got a career year ahead of him. That I can tell you this, I can promise you, 
that they are going to regret that if they gave him a max. And they're going to. They have to. They don't have a yeah, choice. He, he, of course. He's getting a max. The only other way to do it is, like, trade for John Collins and then pay him slightly less than the max. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. your only it, option. It, yeah, yeah. I would much rather have Julius Randle. I mean, I like John Collins, but he's not – you know, Julius Randle has been really good this year. No, yeah. He's earned He's earned that. If Brandon Ingram's getting a max from the Pelicans, yeah, exactly. Julius Randle's – Julius Randle is what we call a small market max. Julius Randle is – a max contract for teams that can't get one of the 10 best players in the sport. Yep, he's a, sure. he's a small market max player. Yeah. Well, he's, but he's going to be in a big market getting a max contract. So are the Knicks a big market though? Like the Knicks have, I mean, they're a big market, but they've kind of been irrelevant for 15 no, years. True. So yeah, but it'd be, still... it'd be like the Kings giving a max contract to De'Aaron Fox. Like it's crazy though. If when you look at it, that, the Knicks are still one of the most valuable franchises. It's actually ridiculous. It's a well, that's been why bad they've for so many years. That's why they've been bad for so long. Is because because they always make money. There's no oh, incentive. True. There's no that's incentive to change the way the organization is run from the top down. Because no matter how terrible the product is, and no matter how many bad decisions you make, there's no financial repercussions for it. You always make money because they sell out every game, and the tickets go for hundreds of dollars, even when it's a crappy team. It's actually a great point. I never thought of that. Then one year, when you're the most valuable team, it's not always a good thing. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys syndrome. Why do you think the Cowboys have been bad for 20 years? It's for being bad. There's no repercussions yeah. for making bad decisions or signing bad contracts other than mediocrity. Yeah, here, here in Boston, uh, the Bruins ownership get a lot of flack for because they like they make they make. I don't know if they're like the most valuable franchise in the in the NHL, but they make money every year. So they like, they're like one of the only franchises that like do really well. And they're always like, they're not paying, you know, because if you look back and like the, you know, hockey, because it's, it's very different. Like the, the off air, we were talking about Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid might be the one of the best players in sports compared to like, like, you know, compared to the next best. He makes like 10 million a year. Does he make 10 million a year? Did he get another contract? Yeah, he got a big deal. I don't oh, know if you okay. on your computer, but I'm pretty sure he got like a four or five year deal for like eleven million. But it's like he makes the same amount of money as Kelly Olynyk. No, the <laughs> one like, that the I... one that baffled me on that was um, it was a couple of years ago when Steve Stamkos got was like the richest contract in the history of hockey. Yeah. It was like eight years, sixty four million. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> eight yeah, years, sixty four mil. And and and, I, and 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 Connor McDavid is like a generational, like a legit LeBron type of player in the NHL and he's making nothing. I mean, here's, so here's the exact point. So Connor McDavid got an eight year, hundred million dollar contract, first hundred million dollar contract in hockey. And he's making the exact same amount of money as Ronald Acuna Jr. In the MLB. <laughs> it's vomit worthy, vomit yeah. worthy. And Ronald Acuna Jr. Needs to fire his agent for paying him a hundred million dollars. Like, that's yep. that was just it's the exact same contract as Acuna, who's like you know he's he's a great young player, like he's a star, but him getting a hundred million dollars is like a fire your agent worth. Yeah, he should have got he should have got two hundred million or one hundred fifty or something like that. Like yeah, he, he's definitely worth that because in baseball they they throw it throw around money like nothing. Yeah, and Francisco Lindor does the petty thing, which we don't talk about enough. That Tatis signed a deal for three hundred and forty million, so Lindor signed a deal for three hundred forty-one million. 
Um, we don't talk oh, yeah, about that, that enough. Yeah, that, that was very, very under the radar. I think it's funny you said that because, because like I, I don't really, I don't really get involved with baseball like like semantics. So like I, 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 just, I saw that and was like, hmm, it looks pretty similar to the Tatis uh, contract, but yeah, he definitely did that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so funny. But you're right on about the hockey thing that he's making the same amount as Kelly Olynyk. We could also I gotta figure out what are some other fun ones. Right, he's I making... think I think he makes I think Kelly Olynyk makes more than him, which is just brutal. Oh, my favorite one that I just found on here, like worst contracts. Um, he's making per season three point five million dollars less than James Johnson this season. <laughs> like, like, like seriously? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That one is funny. So hockey contracts are weird like that. But we can, it, yeah, you could be, you could do a whole Dan segment on that. Who's making more than Connor McDavid? It's just, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Yeah. What else? What else is funny on here? Harrison Barnes is making twenty two a year, so he's making double Connor McDavid. Um, like who? In 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 Harrison Harrison Barnes is even in like the star cat. He's like just like a nice player. It's just yeah. it's unbelievable. He's, he's just a nice little piece to have there. Then he fits under your salary cap. Um, oh, my God. We can always laugh at Al Horford. That one's always funny. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, Al Horford's <laughs> on, in Putacana right now just sipping his Mai Tais when he's not even playing. It's just like, Yeah, they, they couldn't even buy him out either. We're like, you're way too far out on your contract. We can't even buy you out. Just, a railroad just peace crossing. Out. Yeah, he's literally like, okay, I'm just not going to play. Fine, see ya. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> it's not, it's not uh, a bad place to be, I gotta tell you. No, it is not. For Al Horford, he cashed in on that last contract. Like, it sucks that you don't get to play basketball anymore, but he cashed in on that last contract. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, like, you, it's, but like, you literally get a year off. He's gonna come back and probably sign, like, you know, like, like, I don't know, like a five. I don't even know what he's even worth now. Contraire, gonna... my man. Contraire. Al Horford still has two years left after this oh. year in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Is he not gonna? Dude, that's crazy. So he just told him, just all right, man. All right, see you later. We'll pay you. He, he would have to agree to a buyout at some point, which would mean pro- so he's got fifty-four million left to be owed. So he'd probably have to agree to a buyout around like forty million or something and give back a bunch of money to to leave, but. Because he had three years left on his deal, you weren't allowed to buy him out. So they're like, "You can just go. We're good. <laughs> we'll buy you out at some point, but you're probably not going to ever play for us. Just, just peace out." <laughs> what a horrible contract! Oh my god. Yeah. So contrary to your point, he's got two years left in Oklahoma City, so he's got two more years of vacationing before he's allowed <laughs> to leave. <laughs> yeah. So, it, dude, imagine that. Like, literally, just like vacationing making what, what 25 million or whatever he's making and then, uh per season <laughs> per season yeah, yeah, for yeah, the next yeah, exactly. three years and then not to mention the fact that 25 million per year he could get it he could, he could get another job if he wanted to <laughs> yeah i laugh at that that basically oklahoma city paid 75 million dollars for a, a first round draft pick <laughs> i don't understand that one they basically paid 75 million dollars for a first well, I round think pick. That, so i think it's because they have to do a certain amount you have to spend a certain amount of money. Yeah, and they traded Danny Green, I think, and got like some some things in. Oh, they got Terrence Ferguson for Danny Green. So they technically they got Terrence Ferguson and a first round pick for seventy five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, if you it, it, that might be the dream. Uh, I think I'm all set with making the Hall of Fame. All I care about is making $75 million and doing enough. $75 million to not play basketball? Like, that, oh, 
Seven, I mean, that's cashing out. Like, Al Horford cashed out on the end of that deal. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, Oklahoma City, I think, finished the season like 2-23. and 23. <laughs> Yeah. It, it for, all that, for all that love they had. But there is a scenario. There is a – again, the lottery is the most wonderful day of the year. But there is a scenario right now where Oklahoma City gets both Jalen Suggs and Jalen Bra- – or not Jalen Bra- – Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah that would they, be – that that would be a great that would be great. Yeah, they there is a scenario if if the Rockets drop to pick five and they win the lottery, they can get two top five draft picks in this year's draft. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.